0: Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award
1: more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to Ellenbecker.com. Listen to MoneySense Saturdays
0: at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon.
1: Welcome to MoneySense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Allen Becker Investment Group. Allen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 in Capitol Drive in the town bank building. And we're also located in Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, right across the street from Winkies. We're now able to say we're now able to serve clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you'd like to learn more information about us, please visit our website at ellenbecker.com. So, today we have a great program. As you can tell, I have a cold. Um, We're going to get through this. I I think it's going to be an exciting um, topic that touches um, all the clients that I see every day. We are honored to have Robert Delamontane with us today. And he wrote the book called The Retiring Mind. And he also wrote another book, um, and you may want to order this book yourself. So again, I'm going to tell you, the book is titled The Retiring Mind. And I thought it was important that we have Robert on the show, because as I work with clients that are retiring, whether they're retiring in one year or five years or 20 years, They often don't plan for the actual time period of retirement. In fact, what's interesting is I'll say, what are you going to do in retirement? And they'll say, well, I'm going to clean the garage or clean the attic. And then I say, what are you going to do the next 50 weeks out of the year? And they look at me with this blank stare because they haven't really thought beyond that immediate honey-do list. And there's a whole process that individuals should really go through to plan for retirement other than financially, more mentally. I know if you're um, one of my clients, you might be aware that we create this board of pictures, which really kind of maps out your retirement. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But I want to welcome Robert to the show. Enough about me. Uh, Let's get to Robert. So Robert, welcome to the show today.
0: Well, Gene, thank you for inviting me. And uh You framed the issue very well.
1: Well, let's talk about the retirees. You know, having been in the industry um, longer than I care to admit, admit, because I'm getting older myself, and I'm starting to think about my retirement, let's talk about uh, retirees in general. What are some of the facts that you see when you work with retirees?
0: Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, um, The uh, the Retiring Mind was a written... As a product of my own struggle, when I retired, uh, I was uh, I, they, I founded the company. I ran it for 25 years. It got sold. Uh, I was 63 years old, and I decided to retire. I had read uh, probably 50 books on financial planning prior to my retirement, and I had mostly thought that the issue in retirement was simply having good investments and sound investments, and you know, soliciting help from professionals, and so. I had uh, encountered sort of an emotional reaction uh, that I didn't understand. I had feelings of just being lost and not knowing what to do. Uh, so what I decided to do, it, it got worse and worse, and I said, I just have to get to the bottom of this. And being a psychologist myself, I thought, well, I probably can figure this out. So I began doing a lot of self-exploration. And then I started researching the, you know, the, the topic, and I discovered uh, – a vein of gold there in the sense that a very large number of people struggle when they retire because they don't emotionally understand what's going to happen to them, which is what happened to me. And I discovered several things, such as uh, uh, personality types have a lot to do with how you uh, manage your your retirement, how well you do it. I discovered the the concept of uh, achievement addiction, where people who are very successful or even moderately successful, their identities become focused on what they do rather than what they are. And so these are some of the things that I discovered that I wrote about in the book.
1: Well, it's interesting because you're speaking to somebody who can relate to everything you just said. I love what I do. I love my clients. I am addicted to achievement And so I've already warned my husband, I don't know if I'll ever retire. So I've made it, I've laid it out there. I've owned it. I will be one of the individuals that will struggle to retire. And what's funny is, as I work with clients, everybody saves and saves and saves for retirement. And then when they get there, they don't know what to do.
0: Right. Well, you know, when I look at the the whole retirement scene, I see sort of an asymmetrical curve of people who retire. On the left-hand side, I see people that are struggling because they have not saved enough money. You know, 50% of the families 75 years and older still have debt. Uh, share of homeowners 65 and older with mortgage debt is 41%. The average monthly Social Security check is $1,400, and 40% of all single adults receive 90% of their income from that check. So, On the left-hand side of this curve, you have people that are going to be extremely unhappy, are going to struggle, and I feel really sorry for them because downsizing and and lack of money causes tremendous personal stress, not on the individuals, but on the family. But on the other side, the the right-hand side of the curve, are the people that we're going to talk about, and these are people who... Uh, went through life, were either very successful, moderately successful, but invested a lot of their energy into their careers, and they retire for some reason. could be health, could be personal situations, could just be the fact that they feel it's time for them to to go on and leave the the working world. And um, what I'd like to do is talk about what they can expect, because this is the thing that I've learned, is that people don't know what to expect. And so, if, you, if I may, I'd like to just kind of go through this as, to, to sort of alert people to what they can expect and, and realize that what they're, what they're going to experience is normal. It isn't abnormal.
1: I think that'd be helpful.
0: Okay. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about what, is, what does change after retirement, because this is what I think is part of a whole process of understanding uh, life adjustment in this new phase. The first thing that happens is you have a reduction in intellectual stimulation because when you work, it's usually a very highly charged mental process. And uh, uh, Gene, I'm sure you know and understand the fact that uh, you have to do a lot of intellectual work, planning, analysis, uh, dialogues, and so forth, and then to do your job. Right. Uh, Yeah. And so, what happens when that? you don't have that anymore. So you have all this mental energy pent up that you're accustomed to, to uh, projecting every day uh, and you no longer have to do that. And that was a big problem for me. Second of all, there was a reduction in social stimulation because typically when you work, it's a very highly social uh, environment. You work with clients, you work with people, you sell people things, you whatever you do your co-workers that's a very strong social environment and that goes away
1: well when you think about it you're with your coworkers more than you are with your family half the time
0: right that's exactly right yeah and you miss them when when you retire you miss the people you work with because they became such an important part of your life the third thing I, is that re- reduced feelings of contributing to a cause or a team most people that work are part of a team and a team is a very strong social mechanism. And everybody contributes. It, it's part of that, the whole fun of, of, and feelings of self-worth that you have by contributing to a cause larger than yourself. That goes away. Uh, you have a more diffused sense of identity. And this is really important because typically when people are successful, their sense of de- identity has to do with the fact that they're successful people treat them as they're successful. They, they see themselves as enjoying being successful. They work diligently to be successful. They're extremely focused on being successful. They reap the benefits of being successful. And then once they retire, that whole sense of the i who am I? I used to be a CEO, an investment counselor, a teacher, a nurse, a doctor. I'm not that anymore.
1: Well, what's interesting is when you walk up to somebody, one of your first questions is, what do you do for a living? And that's gone.
0: That's exactly right. And what it is, there's a line I like to use, it's called, I lost my eye in in retirement. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and then the other thing is, it's sort of an altered template for marital coexistence. And I wrote an entire book on this called Honey, I'm Home, because... uh, what happens whenever people retire? Any personality conflicts that exist between the couple become uh, exacerbated because they spend so much more time together, and they don't understand that, and they don't they don't anticipate the fact that let's uh, say that that the, the wife or husband has retired before the other one. And they establish an entire life orientation around the house. This is my job. This is what I do. I take care of these things. And then the other partner uh, retires and they, they want to intervene. And I had one woman say that I, I, I retired, my husband had retired before me. And when I got, after I retired, I didn't have anything to do, he had everything covered. Boy. So that's another thing. Then a need to identify new points of life. And what I mean by that is, you have, you have your points of life were primarily oriented towards your career. You have to find out what it is in your nature that you want to engage in that establishes new points for your uh, for your life. And so, what happens in another sense is that there are threats to self esteem because people get their self esteem primarily from what they how, what they accomplish. You know, so whenever you Uh, to retire, that's a threat to your self-esteem because you have nothing to achieve. There is no real need for you to go out and and do conquer the world anymore because you've done that, and the environment that you're in doesn't require that of you anymore.
1: Well, these are some interesting thoughts. We're going to take a little break. If you're wondering um, what book we're talking about, it's called The Retiring Mind, and we're lucky to have the author on with us today. Robert Delamontaine. So with that, we're going to take a brief break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today, we are lucky to have the author, Robert Delamontaine, on with us. And we're talking about his book called The Retiring Mind. He also mentioned in the first segment, he has another book, and I love the title, honey, I'm home, Um, because when I work with clients as they're retiring, they go through a whole period as a couple, as a family, to adjust to this new phase of life called retirement. And what I often advise clients is there's three facets to a successful retirement. You need wealth, you need health, and people often forget that third facet, you need a purpose. And today we're here talking about that purpose. Um, If any of my clients are listening, um, they might think of that whole vision board that I help them create, which kind of maps out um, through a series of conversations and photos of what their retirement looks like. And I often advise people to really test out their retirement prior to retirement. Um, So for example, if they're interested in volunteering at their local school or church, to start to do that prior to retirement so they can get a clear idea and vision of what that looks like. Um, I'm going to ask Robert some insight um, on relationships between husband and wives. And what's interesting is I, I have a funny story to share with the audience. Um, I had a husband and wife and the husband was an executive and um, this was about 10 years ago and he was of the era where his associate would bring him lunch and serve it to him at his desk. So upon retirement in this particular house, they had an intercom system and during his first week of retirement, he would press the intercom button and inform his wife he was ready for lunch. And she informed him very quickly that he could come down and make it himself, which is funny because he forgot he wasn't at work where he had an associate doing this for him. He was now at home. And um, I chuckle as I, I look back at that story because I hear the challenges couples face at retirement. It's a whole adjustment period.
0: Absolutely. Um, the, the book, Honey, I'm Home, uh, was written because I was I was at a bank, and I was getting a loan, and um, this lovely uh, loan officer came in, and she wanted to know she, what I was doing since I've been, been retired. And I said, well, I've written this book called The Retiring Mind, and she said, well, what's it about? And I, I told her, and she got up, and she, we were in the conference room, and she closed the door, and she said, we have to talk. And she proceeded to tell me that her husband had retired, and that he was making her life miserable. So she would call <laughs> her five times a day. She'd want to know where she went for lunch, who she went to lunch with, what they talked about, etc., etc., etc. And she said, "It's it, it's gotten so bad." She said that we're in marriage counseling over this. She said because this has to stop. And so I, I left. I left the the bank, and I thought to myself you know, what a perfect complement to the retiring mind would be to write a book to help people understand the interrelationships that change and the pressures that can occur as a result of couples retiring. And so that's what this book was about. And the interesting thing about this book, I used the Enneagram uh, to help people increase their self-awareness. And so what I did is I mapped out every Enneagram type combination and I said, you know, in the book, if, you're, if let's say you're uh, an analyzer and the other person, your wife, let's say is a networker, what the analyzer does under pressure is increased control. And what the uh, networker does as he or she uh, runs for the hills as soon as someone tries to control them. So what I try to do is map out the, the potential conflicts that exist in a marriage after retirement based on personality types.
1: How long do you think that adjustment period is at retirement for couples to kind of get on the same plane? Well, I think it can take
0: take a while, and here's, here's why I think that. I think that the, the relationships, marital relationships, often are managed through distance, meaning that either one or two or both of the, of the uh, spouses work so, they're not together all day long. They're together for dinner and maybe a little TV or whatever and, and until the next day, and they're gone all day again. So, what happens is that whenever you can't escape uh, that relationship, the, the embedded incompatibilities between the spouses become evident and be, they, they become irritated. And it takes some adjustments to understand what's happening in the relationship. And that's what this book is all about. It's, it's there are exercises in there and there are things in there that I do to try to increase the understanding of the couple as to what is going on in the interrelationship.
1: Boy, we are not painting a good picture of retirement if you're out there listening. I mean, think of the commercials that we see on TV where they're happy couples They're sailing boats, they're golfing, they're walking down the beach holding hands. And here we are talking about all the challenges everyday people face. Share with us some of the exercises couples do to help get get beyond these challenges.
0: Well, one of the things I did was I, there's an exercise in Honey, I'm Home called When a Man and When a Woman. And what it is, is that uh, it's a sentence completion. Uh, for example, what I like about you most is, and there's maybe uh, 40 or 50 of these sentence completions. And what happens then is you you take them and you read them with one another. In other words, it's not designed to 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 uh, create conflict. It's designed on a very positive note to say this is what's special about you from my perspective. So what happens is, is all the things that that are Compact, all the compatibility points in that relationship, all the things that have occurred over time that maybe have gotten lost through time and through work and so forth. I bring, I bring them all back to the surface.
1: And you know, that's interesting because as you know, when you're younger, you're busy with little kids, then you're busy with teens, then you're busy, you know, thriving in your career and you're right. You come to retirement and everything stops. And um, so it's great to point that out. Let's talk about some mistakes that you see retirees often face at retirement. And how do you avoid the typical retiree mistakes?
0: Right. Okay. That's a great topic because uh, I've made a few of these myself, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an expert on this. I would say, first of all, not being aware of the need for psychological adjustment after retirement. The fact that you become aware of this is a tremendous help to people. And um, I was not aware of it. Nobody ever talked about it. I never read an article about it. I never read a book about it. And um, I I got completely shocked by the the, uh, reaction I had to my retirement. Uh, Number two, I'd say uh, making life decisions when you are out of emotional equilibrium. I have a, a good friend of mine who retired. He was a very successful. He was a, a president of a, a company that got sold. And uh, what he did is he was a, a health care executive. And so he, after he was retired a while, he went through the same process we're talking about here. And um, he invested in a, a potpourri um, company in Arkansas. Now, he didn't know anything about potpourri. He knew nothing about anything that that company did and he lost a tremendous amount of money and I asked him I said you know I interviewed him for this book and I asked him why did you do that and he said I was bored I, I, I needed the action and I, I, I was uncomfortable with myself I just wanted to go do something and I decided to do this and it was a big mistake so don't make major decisions when you're out of emotional equilibrium. I almost bought a beach house that I probably couldn't afford in a location that I wouldn't have liked, and and I came extremely close to doing that, and I finally, in a moment of sanity, pulled out of it, and or I could have really gotten myself in a, in a bad place. Uh, third thing I would say is, is taking major financial risks out of boredom, which we just talked about, because that's something that people tend to do. They want... They're used to action in their life, and they want to recreate action, and sometimes they they don't do the right thing. Uh, Another mistake is assuming your marriage will not require uh, any attention or uh, consideration. And uh, knowing that that's a process that's going to happen, possibly, uh, is really helpful. Uh, Overestimating your self-awareness level, thinking that you know yourself so well that you can do whatever you want, however you want to do it, and that you're right on on top of yourself. Uh, I use the Johari window process when I make presentations because people don't always know everything about themselves. They have varying uh, levels of self-awareness and why why I use the anagram in my books is trying to help people gain greater self-awareness. It's very very important. not being able to discern how you want to spend your time. I did not know how I wanted to spend my time. I didn't golf. I didn't play tennis because I had a back issue, but I basically wouldn't probably have done it anyway because I devoted almost all of my time to the business that I had. I enjoyed it. I liked doing it. I was successful at it, but what I did not do is I didn't build a bridge to anything outside of work that I could, that brought me pleasure. And it was a real problem for me because i I wandered around the house thinking i don't i know what i don't want to do but i don't know what i do want to do and it was a real problem for me well these are some great uh, i'm sorry go on go on robert yeah finally just not engaging in activities that enrich your spirit or creative aspirations you know what i i wrote in the retiring mind a whole section on spirituality and one of the reasons i did that is for two reasons, really. Sir Isaac Newton, uh, in the 1700s, was one of the probably one of the greatest physicists that ever lived. He invented calculus. He discovered gravity, uh, the move, measurement of the movements of heavenly bodies, and he probably was one of the what one or two people who looked into nature more deeply than any other human being up until that time. After him, there was Einstein, and Einstein was another genius who looked into the very heart of nature, more than almost anybody on Earth, both of these individuals felt that there was a a divine spirit that exists in the world, that there was an intellect underneath the creating, the creation of the world, that was so mammoth, so massive, so large, and so complex, that human being, human minds could not comprehend the, the magnificence of this intelligence. And so what I did is I I created a concept called the divine energy field. And I got this idea from a book uh, by Lynn Taggart, who who wrote the book called Field. And in there, she talks about, she studied all the physicists and the fact that things manifest through field effects. And so I felt very strongly that for people to, to move into this phase of life, they have an opportunity to increase their their knowledge of spirituality to practice their spirituality I don't just mean christianity buddhism or whatever just concept of life uh... in general the the laws of life and um... and there's an opportunity now to be creative in your life to explore spirituality to expand yourself you have the time to do it uh... and it's a wonderful opportunity for retirees To uh, grow in this stage of life,
1: these are some interesting thoughts. We're going to take a brief break, and when we when we get back, we're going to help you think about or consider: Am I at risk for retirement? So, with that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. If you'd like to learn more about our firm or would like to talk to me about planning your own retirement, I can be reached at 262-691-3200, and you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com where you can see a profile and a video of myself and you'll also have an opportunity to meet my dog, Percy Jackson. So today we have a great author on the line with us. Um, we have Robert uh, Delamontaine, and he wrote two great books on retirement, um, Honey, I'm Home and The Retiring Mind. And I thought it was a timely topic to have because I have more and more clients that are ramping up for retirement that are trying to figure out, all right, what do I do in retirement? And um our prior segments kind of talked about some of the challenges retirees face as they transition into this new phase of life. I want to open up today, or I want to open up this segment talking about who's at risk for struggling with retirement. Because if I were to ask all my clients planning for retirement, they're thinking, ha, I'm going to enjoy retirement. It's not going to be stressful. Uh, I've been saving for this for the entire work career that I've had. I've been planning for this for 30 years. I'm not going to struggle at all. Share with us, um, Robert, who's at risk for facing some challenges? Okay.
0: Well, when I uh, went through the Enneagram, I discovered about three or four types that I think are at high risk for uh, having problems in retirement. So let me just briefly talk about their personality types. The first one is called the, 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 the master, the analyzer. Uh, this person is a perfectionist, and a, a perfectionist who's successful has a terrible time letting go of perfectionism, and that gets carried over into retirement, and it gives them a real problem. The second type on the Enneagram, the Enneagram has nine points to it. The, the second one is called the star. The star is usually very successful, charismatic, um, dedicated to, to achievement, uh, and usually becomes very successful because they're just totally dedicated and they're charming and charismatic. The third type is called the conquistador. or The, the, the conquistador is a hard-driving, tough, uh, CEO-type uh, individual who knocks down doors, gets successful because they're just so direct and so focused, those three enneagram types have the the, the highest probability of having a difficulty in retirement, simply because of the drive of their personalities. They are least uh, like uh, least least likely to like a passive lifestyle where there's not a lot of action and contact and, and movement and and drama and direction. So that is sort of the preliminary part of this and that's also in the book so who are these people well they are they work long hours and are successful in their careers they dedicate themselves to being successful they like being successful they uh, are dedicated to being successful and their identity is fused around the concept of their success and that's the danger those who are highly focused and motivated Are at risk because they love the action, uh, they love the achievement, the acceleration of of what they're doing, the options that those success provides. Those who enjoy competition and winning, uh, once again, they like the competition, they like to win, they like to reap the rewards of high achievement. Uh, Those with an aggressive or assertive personality, that was what fuels their success and their achievement because they're so energetic and aggressive and focused. Those who achieve, achieve, enjoy achieving challenging goals, uh, same personality types. They, they like to achieve things that are difficult. Those with few outside interests not connected to their work. And this was my great guilt point, um, that if you don't have interests outside of connected with your work, it's very difficult to make a bridge after retirement to do something you thoroughly enjoy. And a lot of people I've talked with thought that golf would be that outlet, and they got sick of it. They got tired of doing it, and they didn't get much pleasure out of it, and they, they felt a little lost afterwards. Uh, but those whose self-identity is closely aligned with their role at work, and that's the great risk because uh, your self-identity is wrapped up in who what you do, and that's a, a difficult time. There's a, a person in the community I grew up in, was a, a, literally a world-renowned architect. He had his own firm in Princeton, New Jersey. And uh, he was very, very successful, and he retired. And apparently, he went through just an awful time uh, psychologically adjusting. And his, he, his wife would talk about the fact that he was lost, and he was unhappy and depressed. And after about, it took him maybe a year and a half to two years to discover the fact that he liked to draw. And he was extraordinarily good at it. And so he became an artist. And, uh, and he gets he's tremendous at it, as you quite imagine, since he was an architect. But he gets a great deal of psychic income from the fact that he, he's a, an artist. And, uh, and he discovered it after he had retired.
1: So he has a uh, new identity. Another, he has a Pardon new me? he has a new identity. Yes. He found his yes. eye.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right.
1: So it's interesting okay. because even when I think at planning a family vacation, I'll say to my husband, I don't want to go to a beach. I can only lay on a beach for an afternoon. Don't have me do that for seven straight days. So I am who you're talking about. So everything yep. that you're sharing it with me today, I am just taking in saying, okay, that's me. Let's yep. talk about, well, you know, I, go on, Robert. I
0: would think, yeah, I would also think that uh, your clients fit this profile as
1: well. Right. So, we're going to take a little break now. And when we get back, we're going to continue this conversation. Again, if you'd like to um, buy Robert's book, it's called The Retiring Mind. And he also has another book called Honey, I'm Home. And it is Robert Delamontagne, and that's spelled D E L A M O N T A G N E. With that, let's take a break and we'll be right back. <music> to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are having a great conversation with Robert Delamontaine, and we're talking about the retiring mind. And I sought out Robert's expertise because when I'm working with clients that are newly retired, I can often tell with the individual and with the couple as a relationship goes, they're they're facing some challenges. And we've talked about some challenges many retirees face, and I don't want to paint the retirement picture um, completely bad. Um, There are many that retire and are very successful, and those that face challenges, there's different routes they can take and exercises to really find their niche and find their groove in retirement. So um, I wanted to spend the last segment Talking about the different personality types and how those personality types relate to retirement. So, um, Robert, let's talk about that first personality type, the analyzer, which we've talked a little sure. bit about already.
0: All right. Well, the, um, first, the Enneagram is, is the, one of the focal points of both of, of these books because one of the big discoveries I made was that personality types was very, very important, played a very important role and how people retired, there are certain personality types that almost uh, have very 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 little risk of having problems, adjustment problems in retirement. And so we'll go through those and uh, talk about each one. Uh, I first uh, uh, learned about the Enneagram uh, in 1988. I read a book uh, by Helen Palmer, and it just took me by storm. And I, I studied the Enneagram probably for 30 years. I used it in my company. It was just a very, very powerful tool. And so what I did when I discovered this concept that the personality type was really very important to how people retired, uh, I just thought, well, I'm going to include this as, as part of the book. So uh, the question becomes, what is your personality type? And as I go through this, you... Uh, as you listen, maybe you can identify yourself uh, from the characteristics. And in the book also, there's a a questionnaire that helps you determine your personality type. The first one I I, call the analyzer. It's characterized by intense focus and meticulous attention to detail. If you think of a surgeon, you think of somebody who does a programmer, people who do intense, meticulous attention to detail, artists, The positives of this type, they're hardworking and very disciplined. The negatives on this type, they're judgmental and inflexible. So each type has a very positive component and a potential negative component depending on the health of the individual. The risk level of the analyzer of having adjustment difficulties in retirement is high. The second type is called the caregiver characterized by giving others giving to others. Positives are caring and supportive in nature. The negatives are over, overly needy and manipulative. And they typically are very low on, on the uh, scale for retirement, having retirement problems because they simply like to relate to other people and be involved in their lives. Think of nurses, think of grandma, that's who that, that would be. Uh, the third type is called the star. The star is characterized by their accomplishments. The positives are their achievement motivation and their social confidence. They're charming. They they tend to get it. leadership positions as a natural expression of their personality. The negatives of this type are they're workaholic and competitive. So if you know a star, he probably has his his phone out with his to do list and he spends all day making sure he gets everything done. The first type, fourth type is called the artist. And this is a very interesting type. It's characterized by mood swings. The positives of the artist are creative and expressive. A lot of the people in, in Hollywood and the actors and actresses are, are this type. And sometimes they'll come out and say things and you stop in your tracks and say, what in the world are they thinking? Well, that would mean they're an artist. The negatives are they're self-absorbed and emotional. And their risk level in retirement is low. These people don't have a difficult time in retirement, typically. The fifth type uh, is my type. It's called the thinker. And the thinker is characterized by the possession and display of knowledge. What the thinker does is spends a great deal of time amassing information, amassing knowledge, using it. Usually you know the thinker because people in the company go to that person whenever they can't figure out what to do next there's a problem and they can't underst- understand how to get at it. The positives are analytical and mastery of complex concepts. The negatives are detached and a loner. And I would say this this type has an above average uh, risk level uh, for having a difficulty in retirement. The seventh one is called the networker, and this is characterized by interpersonal skills. Uh, if you ever see someone who's Dazzling personality, everybody's on the go all the time. Think of your your uh, 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 banker, your your whoever, uh, uh, real estate agents, people who just are fired up and happy-go-lucky, charismatic people. Positives are social; they're social and adventurous. Negatives are they're scattered and rebellious. Their risk level in retirement is low. The eighth type is called the leader. This is characterized by forceful nature. Positives are they're direct and assertive, and the negatives are they're insensitive and excessive. I um, uh, know a leader who can engage in a conflict with such harshness that you would think that, that he's gonna impl- explode, and, and people would just say, no, that's just what he's like, that's how he does it. He just, that's, that's he's the leader. <clears throat> Risk level for a leader is very high. So do you finally, think... The ninth type go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. The, 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 the last personality type is called the harmonizer. And the harmonizer is characterized by serenity and balance. The positives are amenability and acceptance. And the negative are procrastination and conflict avoidance. Harmonizers just love to go along. They're serene. They don't make any waves. And their risk level in retirement is extremely low
1: so what if you don't see yourself fitting in one of these categories you see your your personality in a couple um do you, do you ever find that
0: well i'll tell you almost invariably uh you're one type and uh it's often not that easy to identify your type off the top of you know, just like what i just went through because you have to go through a process so for example in the book, there's a questionnaire that you fill out, and it gives you a hierarchy of what your scores are, what your most likely type would be, and maybe there might be two or three that are close to being likely. But what happens in over time? It, it, what I did when I first time I took the enneagram, I wasn't sure who I was, and I thought I, and I as I finally went around and I talked to people that knew me, they said, "Oh no, you're this." You're oh that's terrified. interesting. Yeah. You're a thinker. And it was like I didn't see myself as clearly as other people had seen me. And as soon as I started asking them about myself, they all just went to the same one, same type. And over the years I I came to realize came to the realization that's exactly who I am. There is no question about it.
1: So if you find yourself in one of the categories that has a high probability of challenges in retirement, what advice would you give that individual to make that transition smoother?
0: Well, I think first of all, um, the fact that you understand what what the components of your personality personality is that would be giving you trouble. The fact just the self awareness of knowing that the, that there there is an adjustment required is half the battle. It gives you a way of putting a wrench on the situation and it's the more of the unknown you can uncover to help you understand yourself and what's driving you and your feelings in retirement the better that's the key
1: well if anybody is interested taking that questionnaire uh it's in the back of his book called the retiring mind i know i bought my book online and it was delivered to my house the very next day so If you are um, eager to get going on this, again, it's The Retiring Mind, and the author is Robert Delamontagne. and again, that second book is um, Honey, I'm Home, which is uh, a a great title to that book. I think we've learned a lot about uh, retirement. Uh, Maybe today we've learned a lot about ourselves and what that transition looks like. Um, I want to thank Robert for taking the time out of his day to share his knowledge with our listeners. And as always, we hope that we've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Be well.